Welcome, everyone, to episode 27 of Third Heaven Authority podcast. I'm Mike Thompson. Today, I would like to share a little bit about Revelation with you. You know, when the Lord took me to heaven and he gave the assignment to me of teaching the body of Christ about Third Heaven Authority, one of the reasons is that he said that spiritual encounters were going to be increasing. And in those spiritual encounters, the body of Christ would be coming to a place to where they would be walking in, fulfilling, activating more of a spiritual experience because they are spiritual beings. However, his warning was that there could be deception. And if people have spiritual experiences, I'm talking about dreams and visions, uh, the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking to them, angelic visitations, all forms of the supernatural, that if they're not really grounded in the Word and in Revelation and understand uh, who they are in the Lord Jesus Christ, that there could be deception. And he said, I want you to train them how to not be deceived. And so that warning carried two things. Number one, the deception of the enemy, because, you know, there is a renegade spirit out there. There are demonic spirits that operate in the second heaven, the spiritual realm. And often they can impose their influence in a way that causes some deception. And that's why we need discerning of spirits. That's why we really need to follow the voice of the Holy Spirit. We need to receive counsel at times from those who are more experienced in the gifts and in prophetic things, kind of just seek out and see what it is that the Spirit of God is saying. But the second part of that is he said that there would be uh, this tendency to interpret Scripture according to the circumstances of the vision, and that we are not allowed to do. He gives us a vision in whatever form. He speaks to our hearts, His Word, in whatever form, so that we receive the message. It's kind of like Jesus's parables. You know, Jesus gave a lot of parables about many natural things that people were accustomed to so they could kind of then see how the spiritual realm works. But he had seed parables, and in those parables, he would say such things as, the kingdom of God is as a grain of mustard seed. And then he would go on and explain, well, if we took the circumstance and the format of the parable itself, when he said the kingdom of God is as a grain of mustard seed, then we might try to interpret that as the kingdom of God is this small, round, hard thing that you can carry around in your pocket. That is not at all what the parable was. That was not the revelation that was not the content and the truth. It was just the circumstance. It was the packaging. It was what he used to illustrate those spiritual truths. The spiritual truth was that that grain of mustard seed grows. It's a very small thing, but it grows and grows and grows till it becomes a big tree and houses the birds of the air. The kingdom of God grows within us and grows around us and overtakes all things. Okay, so the revelation is what we are going for. Many people don't quite understand that. 
And so they think that if they had a dream or a vision or the Holy Spirit spoke to them, an angel, uh, an appearance of an angel, that somehow that is the fullness of it. No, because the rules are, number one, there's the revelation itself. Number two, the proper interpretation of the revelation. Number three, the proper application of the revelation. And then number four, the revisiting of it as it walks out. So in Revelation, you know, there's another vision that the Lord gave to me one time. Actually, it was more than a vision. He took me to third heaven, and he showed me this large circular building. Now, again, I'm not telling you this circular building actually exists. This was the form. So I'm not making a doctrine out of circular buildings in heaven. (laughs) This was the form he chose to share the revelation. And so Jesus took me to this building, and we walked up into the front room. He opened the door into this foyer, this first room that we entered. And the Lord said, this is the Revelation building. And in this Revelation room, this is salvation. You have to enter into the room in order to be saved. And once you're in the room, you have to occupy it. Don't just know that it's there. That's not true revelation. That's some form of knowledge, but it won't get you saved. Just believing in God, even the demons tremble. And they believe in God, but they're not saved. So it takes revelation. There has to be an acceptance. He said, you enter the room of salvation by actually walking into it and occupying it. Then he said, you have to take dominion in it and it becomes yours. And then on the other end of the room, there was a door that opened, and there was a circular hallway that went all the way on the inside of the building, and then off of each side of the hall were other rooms and other doors. He said, see that door? That's the baptism in the Holy Spirit room. That one over there is the healing room, and he went down and just explained. There's a love room. There's all these revelations You have to go to them, be in them, occupy, and take dominion within them. They become yours. So he was talking about revelation. Now, revelation is the Greek term apocalypsis, and it really means revealed truth. It is spiritual truth that only the Holy Spirit, who is the revealer of God, can actually give to us. Now, in understanding truth, not only in those visions I shared with you, but in the Bible, remember the Bible is the grid whereby we operate off of and God uses in order to bring these revealed things. The Bible, which is spirit, contains two forms of truth. Number one is positional truth, and number two is experiential truth. Now, positional truth is who we are in Christ Jesus, who we are in heaven. Experiential truth is how we walk it out on earth. Positional truth is who he has created us to be. And experiential truth is what we do, our activity, our behavior, our thinking. Positional truth is authority delegated to us in heavenly places. And 
experiential truth is authority released in our daily circumstances. Now, the reason I'm going through this is because it's imperative for us to understand both kinds of truth and to create a balance because one comes out of the other. In other words, the experiential truth comes out of, proceeds out of, positional truth. What we do is because of who we are, not the other way around. In Ephesians 2, verse 6, it says that we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. Now, that's positional. We are seated with him in heavenly places. We are up there as far as God is concerned. We are in Christ, and we are seated at the right hand of the Father in heavenly places. We possess all of the authority and everything that Jesus has given to us. We are there now. That's a spiritual position in Christ. But experientially, practically, the Bible says in Hebrews 4.17 that we no longer walk as the unsaved walk. So there is the way that it works out, what we do on earth now in order to release that positional truth through us. Here's another one. 2 Corinthians 5.21. We are the righteousness of God in Christ. Jesus was made sin so that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. So we are righteous. We are in right standing with him. We're in right position with him. But it also tells us in Romans 6, 13, that once we're saved and have become the righteousness of God, yield your members as instruments of righteousness. So there's the walking it out. There's the releasing of it in our natural lives. Here's another one. In Ephesians 1, 4, it says that we are holy and without blame in God. But yet in 1 Peter 1, 15, it says, be holy in your conduct. So you get the picture here. One is who we are. It's being. Third heaven creations in Christ Jesus. And the other one is what we do. How we practically take all of the things of heaven that have been given to us positionally and release them through our lives. It invades our thoughts and we renew our minds according to it. We give our lives and we control the flesh according to it. We cannot control the flesh by the flesh, but we control it by the spirit that is within us. And a lot of people don't understand these principles. So What happens is when they are studying the Word of God, they'll have a tendency to go to one side or the other. Those that tend to just kind of study and and really get into the positional, which is very important. Both sides of these are extremely important. They develop this attitude that actually is kind of like Oh, I'm just walking in the grace. I'm walking in who I am. And then they don't pay much attention to what they're doing, what their attitudes and their behaviors and the way they're approaching things are. And they just think that they're above all of that. They don't have to do all that. There becomes this attitude of this greasy grace. Therefore, any mistakes that they make just flat don't matter. 
they sometimes they have an attitude of just running out into the world and just doing anything and everything they want because of who Jesus has created them to be and their salvation is sure and that it doesn't really matter because God's grace covers everything. But then you get those on the other side of the spectrum who are just constantly studying the scriptures that are experiential, and they don't have any kind of a foundation about their position in the Lord Jesus Christ. So it's all interpreted according to their flesh, and they're just controlled by their flesh. They're constantly trying to be holy in the flesh, to walk in love in the flesh, to be righteous in the flesh. And if they don't do everything perfectly, then there's this condemnation that sets in, and there's this fear that comes And there's kind of like a superstition that begins to develop in their life as to whether or not they're good enough and whether they're doing it right. The subject of grace, by the way, is very important because it also is in both realms. Grace is the unmerited favor of God that empowers us to be who he created us to be and to do what he has called us to do. So positionally, you cannot earn grace It's unmeritedly given to you. It's not by works or performance. It's by grace you have been saved by faith and and nothing that you can boast in yourself. But at the same time, it's also about what you do. There is a grace that covers what you do. The scripture in the spiritual gifting and areas of finances and other places tells us that we then are operating according to to what the grace that God has given to us personally, according to our talents and abilities and gift mixes, et cetera, whatever the assignment is on our life. There's a grace for that. So grace is about being as well as about doing. So when it comes to third heaven authority, I encourage everybody to understand that positionally that they have been seated with Christ and they have the authority from heaven itself looking down and the ability to then release the things of heaven into the earth. That's where our authority comes from. But that authority has to be walked out. We have to take and release it through our bodies. We have to release it through our prayers, through our decrees. We have to feel it. We have to know it. And it all comes by the revelation of God. So it's positional and experiential. Both parts create a whole to where then we have the greatest success in everything that we are doing on earth. When you're just caught in the experiential, there's some things that begin to happen that are not very healthy. Number one is that it's just from earth up, not from heaven down. God wants us to have both viewpoints. Spiritually, we can see from heaven down, while physically, We are, in a sense, operating from earth up. It is more difficult to walk in third heaven authority if you have just, in an imbalanced position, studied the experiential scriptures because they'll talk about all the things that you need to walk in and things that you're doing, and you cannot be perfect enough to keep them entirely, particularly when there's people around you and even the enemy and demonic spirits that are always there to tell you what you did wrong. Well, what I did wrong has no bearing upon it because I already am the righteousness of God in Christ. My position takes care of that. 
I'm positionally holy. I'm positionally a third heaven creation. I'm positionally the righteousness of God. I'm positionally without blame before God. That provides the steadfast security and the foundation that I operate off of. And then I can, from that, deal with all of these circumstances in life where I have great successes, but I also have failures. And I'm not going to listen to the devil. I'm always going to listen to the Holy Spirit and walk in those things. But those who base their spiritual life on the experiential part, they're the ones that are operating in the flesh. And so they begin to interpret everything that they're experiencing from that fleshly position. First of all, whether they're even qualified to have a vision or a dream or to have authority over the enemy. And that fear and that condemnation begins to set in and it just distorts their relationship. And and you can't release that authority and the power of God and, and walk in faith as long as you're struggling with all of that stuff. And then the second problem is that they begin to interpret the revelations and the things that they're witnessing in the spiritual realm from a position that can be influenced by second heaven. That's where the deception comes in and takes place. And then we have, for instance, in 2020, there were so many things going on. How many prophecies were given by prophets? And I'm not going to denigrate any of them, but I'm just making a point. Their prophecies may have been real, the revelation, what they saw, what they heard. But their interpretation of it was from an area of woe is me, tribulation. I mean, there were many of them that that prophesied that Jesus was going to come back before the end of the year. There were some that prophesied that there were going to be tanks in the streets of Washington, D.C., either American tanks or Chinese tanks by December. All of these kind of weird things that are coming out, uh, not because the Spirit of God isn't moving, but because the people are trying to interpret according to second heaven pressures. And in the second heaven realm, those demonic pressures and influences will bring in fear, will bring in deception, misinterpretation. Instead of being based also on the positional truth and the victory and all that we have in God, then those influences cause them to misinterpret. And so, therefore, the prophecies are tainted. I dare say that over the last few years, there has been a real purging, cleaning up, and maturing process that the prophetic has gone through. It has sometimes been messy, but that's okay because things get messy. Unfortunately, there are people that become discouraged and then just think that's all hooey, because certain things don't come to pass the way that they're prophesied, well, what they need to do is look at what God is doing in the prophetic movement now among his prophets, because that maturity is beginning to come forward. Every group, every movement, everything that God is adding to the church has to go through that process of maturity. And so now there is a mature group of prophets that have been rising to the top because they have been founded on the word, on revelation, on truth. They understand how these things operate positionally and experientially. 
This process has exposed those who, in my estimation, have a tendency to just base their interpretations and what God is saying to them on the experiential side of things and over-focus on repentance, on holiness, on works. And get into this area where yeah, these are the things you have to do in order to help God out. These are the things you have to do in order to become good enough. These are the things you have to do in order to be loved or blessable or acceptable by God. And I'm going to tell you something. You don't have to do those things in order for God's provisions to be in your life. I'm not given a permission for sin or any of that kind of stuff. That is ludicrous. What I'm telling you is that if you know who you are positionally in the Lord Jesus Christ and you are walking in that place of authority, then experientially it will begin to take over your life and it will clean you up. You are clean by the word. You are clean by revelation. You are clean by complete and the whole of positional experiential truth in the word of God. And that then puts you in a place to where you can stand and you are not in this position to where you are having to do something of your flesh in order to make something spiritually happen. You qualify already for dreams and visions, for revelations. You qualify for angelic activity and appearances. You qualify to be healed and blessed by God. You qualify for the financial blessings and prosperity of God. You qualify to operate in the supernatural because you positionally have been qualified, approved of. It's been given to you. Now experientially release it and walk it out. You don't have to stop and repent every day. Jesus only died once. and Yeah, but I sin all the time. That is sin consciousness, Romans 10. That is an earthly, fleshly viewpoint of trying to ascend into heaven where you can earn the right then to walk in authority or the blessings of God. No, you already have it positionally. So it's important to stay in that position and then let the Holy Spirit lead you, guide you, and direct you in these earthly affairs. I'm going to pray for you. Father God, in the name of Jesus Christ, right now I pray for each and every listener. Lord God, that you would release unto them an understanding of the word, that when they open the Bible, that there is the Holy Spirit's eyes and knowledge being given to them so that they see who they are positionally with that truth. And then they see how they can experientially walk it out in their daily lives. Give them the understanding and lift them to those positions to where they are not in the second heaven realm, on the earth in their flesh, attempting to live out what God has given to them. But they grasp it in the spirit. And then they let it flow through their minds and they let it overtake their bodies, and they truly become third heaven creations and warriors, operating in third heaven revelation and functioning in third heaven authority, interpreting 
and using the wonderful spiritual gifts of prophecy, visions, and dreams, all of the supernatural manifestations of the Holy Spirit in a very wise way, not tainted by the flesh. Bless them, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Join me in future episodes as I continue to share from my heart and experiences as well as from God's Word. Subscribe to Third Heaven Authority with Mike Thompson on your favorite podcast platform. And remember, live in revelation and truth.